Richard Gordon, what up, <laughs> dude? This is incredible. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all up in your atmosphere right yeah, now. Yeah, you're in, you're in my city. Yeah, in, in the in the Reading glory here. Yeah. <laughs> this, this this is awesome, man. Um, uh, hey, I just thought we we should like let's just dive in. Let's just go after this. Sweet. Like, how long have you been here now? Um, it was six years. About two weeks ago, we had six years. Happy being birthday! Here. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Happy birthday! Six years because we like we met in 2015. Yeah, it, you, you came to Seattle. Yeah, and then and then you came back with Libby. Yeah, in 2016. Yeah, and so and we've been friends ever since. I know, brothers like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> um, and so six years. Would you? Hey, would you just be willing to kind of tell the story because, like like you were you were kind of an engineer this brilliant you, you still are a brilliant guy but like you're kind of going after all this stuff Thanks. <laughs> and then you kind of at a certain point you guys just kind of laid down everything yeah you just laid it all down you and libby to come here to reading yeah to be a part of what the lord is doing and is doing at here at bethel church so could you kind of just like yeah lay that out for us it's, yeah. it's, it's an amazing story first such an honor being here <laughs> Such a privilege. You're like a brother. I tell stories about you all the time. And one of the most influential and fun people that I've met. And the way that you're transforming your city and your community. It's just a dream to be friends with you. And ah, Richard. I feel super honored to be sitting on a couch with you. In, the, in my home city, but sitting on a couch. And, and you know, just talking about the Lord and about miracles. And I just, yeah, I was just really honored. You're a king. In well, my eyes, you're an absolute king. Well, thank you. I, no, thank you for making the time and the place to do. I mean, this is so cool that because I know you're back to school. You got lots going on. I got a got, baby. Got That's a new a baby. Got a new baby, Moses. It, how, how old's Moses now? Moses is nine weeks. Nine weeks. Nine weeks. I'm not sleeping, but uh, he is the cutest <laughs> in the so world. You're, so you're just running, and, yeah. and you were able to carve out a little bit of time. So uh, this is huge. Darren, thank you. Anything. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I'll tell you a little bit. Um, so I'll, I'll take you way back and then I'll fast forward right to where we awesome. are now. Awesome. So um, I think I grew up in a in quite an intellectual home. So dad had six degrees, mom had four degrees. Wow. And uh, but the first time I ever walked into a kind of spiritual church setting, I was 17 years old with the big orange mohawk. And I remember walking in to the back and uh, everyone was singing. And while they were singing, I I felt like what, like almost like tingles. But if I felt what I know now is like, wow, this is this is the Lord. And I remember thinking to myself like, holy, I I think this thing might be real. And you know, so I went on this beautiful journey at the age of seventeen with no background of what like religion was, of what spirituality was. 
Um, and when I first walked into church, I wasn't actually looking for Jesus. I was looking for a connection to the divine. Okay. And um, but when I was there, they they kept talking about this guy Jesus, saying that you know you had to take him to get to God. And so I I finally gave up and I was like, okay, fine, give me this Jesus. And uh, if I can get to the divine, if I can connect to the creator of the universe, if I can connect, then I'll take your Jesus. And and so I remember at the front of a church, uh, I remember repeating a set of words. And after that moment, I, I actually fell in love with a man, fell in love with Jesus radically. And uh, everything changed and I got head over heels, lavishly in love. And my whole life turned inside out, I'm upside down. And... and uh, and I ended up studying, I think the next year I ended up doing my Bachelor's of Science in Computer Engineering. And uh, uh, after that, I went on to do my Master's in Electronic Engineering Encryption Decryption with the military. Good just Lord. before. Yeah. Good Lord, child. <laughs> <laughs> Better you than me, my goodness. Um, but then just before I was going to do my Master's, I don't know if I told you the story, but I was going to go to India to do mission work in India. Okay. And so that was like a dream of mine. Since I became a Christian, I kind of thought, oh, I'd love to go and spend, just do something wild, you know? Yeah. And so I'd planned it all out. I was going to India. I was like, as soon as I was finished my, my degree, uh, my BSc, my bachelor's, I was going off to India. I was going to do missions work. And I remember praying on my balcony at home at Five Spode Place in Ganey Park, Durban North in South Africa. I remember praying on my balcony and asking God, like, you know, is this what I'm supposed to do? And, and um, I, everything was planned out, and I felt like God say I was supposed to do my master's degree. That's incredible. And I was like, Because that, that's never the way the story goes. Exactly. Right? Like, it was always like, I was going to get my master's, and the Lord was like, no, go to India. Yeah. Right? Like, that's always the way. It, exactly. So, that, that's awesome. That's, that's so opposite of usually how the story goes. What? I don't want you to do missions. Go back to school. Like, what? Like, is that really you, God? That's Which, I must say, in a charismatic kind of church setting, my observation is that a lot of people say, turn off your mind to engage the spirit oh but in for me i think the mind <laughs> is actually one of the greatest keys to actually engage into the spirit world wow. into the encounter realm and i think that as soon as we start separating mind and spirit and body we start becoming gnostic or people started saying oh those are like heretical beliefs but i think we're holistic i think the mind the spirit and the body are like i think we're supposed to have so it's, it says in the script, I'm full tangent, good, but good, it good, says good. in the scriptures that that you're supposed to have the mind of Christ. So what if what if my mind was what if when I thought my thoughts were not just my thoughts, but they were they were interwoven with Christ's thoughts. But Christ is a person, but also Christ is the anointing. So wow, what if my thoughts wow. were anointed thoughts? What if my if I had the mind of Christ, my thoughts were so anointed that they started to create, they started to... So, yeah, I love the mind. Yeah. I love the mind. I think really it's, interesting. it's a key. There was a, there was a book, um, especially in a revival culture, right? Especially just yeah. being here in Reading. And, and like, and, but um, there was actually a book uh, by a guy named Mark Knoll called um, The Scandal of the Evangelical Mind. And the premise of the book was he was blaming revivalism or revivals for kind of the like, the general uh, I- I- incompetence 
within the Christian church to be able to integrate within the the culture, and and so it, it's it's a hard book to read. Being a charismatic, you know, believer, being who we who we are, and a love for revival, a love for the presence, and yet his case is is very sad and compelling. Looking at how with each kind of awakening there would be kind of a, re, a retreating from the culture because of kind of the sense of. Uh, like kind of a, of a renewal of the way that holiness was being defined. Mm. It was, and um, but he makes this incredible quote, and he, he says, "Until the church begins to see like the body and creation as good, mm. like I, I, he says along, along, along the lines of, when the church begins to view creation as good, there will be a, a kind of wisdom generated that the culture will not be able to ignore." Hmm. And I thought that was so. Wow. It's an invitation back into the arts. It's an invitation back wow. into the sciences. But really, here here at Bethel, that's what you guys you guys are modeling a new form of 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 revival because that's exactly what you guys are doing. You're, there's this this celebration of the arts, the celebration yeah. of technology. But but you you keep going. Like sorry. So I love it, <laughs> and I do. I, I mean, I've never been in a place. Like Bethel in Redding, California, where everything is celebrated. You know, like I remember walking into a service and there was a 70 year old man waving flags, being super celebrated. And then, um, wow. And then you have, you know, Bill Johnson who's sharing the most like rich revelation. And then you have like, you know, the youth department and the way the person speaks, he's like, what I'm doing is the most important thing. And he's super celebrated. And then you have healing rooms and they're like, what, what are we doing is the most important thing. And that's celebrated. And then you have the school and they're like, what we're doing is the most important thing. And, I'm, <laughs> and I started like getting a little bit like, well, everyone's saying what they, they believe, what they're doing is so, is the most important thing here. Wow. You know, I talked to the, um, some of the overseers of the first year school of ministry and they're like, you know, we're raising it. We're the first touch point. We're raising up like thousands wow. of revivalists every year. Wow. Um, and what we're doing is we like the touch point for. Um, and then I, I talked to the people that oversee the second year, like we're raising up the next generation of leaders, the, the pool of leaders that come that lead in our environment come from us. And like what we're doing is like. Wow. And so you start to think, is some is someone mistaken of what the focus is or what's the most celebrated thing? Or is there a culture that where whatever God has called you to um, is important? Wow. You're valued and you're celebrated. And it is the most mar- like remarkable space where I'm just like, every, everyone is celebrated and That's has a amazing. place. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, so rewind. So I'm sitting in my balcony and I'm asking God, should I, should I do my master's degree? In it? And I felt like the Lord say, don't go to India. I want you to do your master's degree. And you know when, um, like when we try and hear God, it's it's like that's what I felt. But I'm always like, okay, is this God? Right. <laughs> so five days later, I get five bursary offers for my master's degree. You got what, five what? Like, uh, do you know what a bursary like a sponsor when they pay you to study? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Like yeah. like a scholarship kind of thing. Scholarship. Yeah, that's okay. what they call it in America. You there got we go. five scholar- five offers. So I, I I was like that feels like you know God said I didn't have any offers. That's a good number. Before <laughs> <laughs> there's a and, grace for this. And and so five days later I'm like, 
Wow. So I, I ended up taking uh, the one of the military. I ended up studying uh, encryption, decryption. I, I was like, no, I want to go to India, but okay, fine, I'll study begrudgingly. But um, during that year, that was the year during my master's, not during my trip to India, but during my study of my master's, where I got filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. Wow. And I, where I met my wife. Wow. Two, uh, wow, two events that literally changed everything in my life. That's incredible. Um, I remember me- meeting Libby. She's a pastor on staff too and a good friend of Darren's too. And, and uh, she Libby, was... Libby, uh, Libby. Libby, <laughs> <laughs> And she was... Uh, I was on a grassy bank in the university. She was studying uh, theater and uh, English. So she's my drama queen. Yeah. And uh, I'm meeting her and she was one of the most spiritual people I've ever met in my life. She would talk and atmospheres of rooms would change and she'd know details about people's lives and and uh she'd pray for people and they'd get well and i'd never seen anyone like this and wow and so she she became an encounter for me like just meeting her was like a window of what was possible and sent me on this like journey um and then uh it was later that year i went to my first ever like prophetic meeting I'd never been to like a charismatic anything. Like the church I got saved in was 104 years old. Wow. And so um, love the gospel, love the Lord, just we theorized we didn't experience. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I walk into this like prophetic gathering, I'm like, this is wild. <laughs> Like your church. <laughs> did you like it? Did it turn you on or did it kind of turn you off or, or kind of I loved both? It. Like, oh, I, you loved it. I loved okay. it, right. but I was... Because it can go either way. Oh, yeah. You know? I was mesmerized and absolutely terrified. <laughs> Sweet. It was... Uh, you know, I'd never been in a room with so much love, I would say. Um, but at the same time, I didn't understand everything that was happening. Wow. Um, I remember... Uh, uh, people praying and I remember seeing people fall out for the first time never seen that before the power of God move um, I'd read about it never seen it and I remember uh, there was a service where uh, one of the speakers uh, he was saying God's releasing mantles in the room Wow! and as he started to say God's releasing a mantle of worship I'd see the power of God come upon people and for the first time my eyes were like what and so I became like Probably the same same feeling, mesmerized and terrified, and uh, and then he started like sharing different things, and then right at the end of this evening, I remember he said, uh, "There's going to be a, a mantle of um, um, there's going to be one more mantle that comes in the room. It's only going to come on a few people, and when it does, just get out their way." And so you know, conservative me, I'm like, "Okay, let me get out the way," <laughs> and he said, "One, two, three. I really uh, a mantle of signs and wonders. Wow! And I remember falling back to rows of chairs and taking out a section of people and two grannies and and I remember. Um, going, that was the first time that it that ever was happened. The first time I'd been in a prophetic meeting and the first time I'd experienced taking out anything two rows like of this. chairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bowling anything with like your body, that, you know, yeah. like. You know, in a, in a, I'd say a lot of charismatics or, or people that are hungering for a spiritual experience, they'd be like, yes, I want that. So, no, not me. I was sitting going like, what is happening to me? Wow. You know? Wow. And so, um, now I know what had happened to me. I, I went into what we, we speak of as a trance. 
where um, my eyes were closed, but I was in another place. Uh, my body was trembling, my hands were shaking, uh, I was burning up. But uh, even though my eyes were closed, I was in another place, and God was showing me things. I had these angels come down and and, uh, and pass me scrolls, uh, which I ate, and then uh, God was taking me on a journey of acceleration. Um, and I remember for a couple hours that happened, and then for seven days I would still tremble, I would still shake, I would still burn up and sweat, and I slept maybe three hours a night. For seven days, is that what you said? For seven days, and three hours a night uh, I would sleep, but I, I'd wake up praying out in tongues nearly every night, seeing different people there get healed, God showing me different places, and thinking that I was going crazy, but I would probably I'd never felt more in love wow. with God wow. like and Jesus than like ever. And, That's amazing. And yeah, I was probably still pretty terrified and mesmerized. <laughs> and, but everything changed after that. Because I think I think it, the world is crying out for an encounter. Mm. And when someone has an encounter, everything changes. And what's quite fascinating, my story is not uncommon um, may, I've been interviewing people for the last, I don't know, a few years, asking them have, about, have you ever had an encounter with the divine, encounter with God, an mm. encounter with Jesus? And they all describe it like this. They all say, um, yes, my eyes were closed. I saw some things in my imagination or on the canvas of my imagination. My body trembled or I sweat or I cried. Some, they say it lasted a minute, some for 30 seconds, some for seven days. And they all say the same thing. But when I got up off the ground, or when I opened my eyes, everything was different from then on. Wow. And it's quite beautiful. We talk about in the heaven realm, uh, a moment there is like a lifetime. And one word in the realm of the spirit is like a thousand words in the natural. And like one encounter literally can shift the DNA and shift the entire makeup of an individual. If they were broken, if they were full of anxiety, if they were shy, if they were insecure, um, if they'd never seen miracles before, if they didn't walk in authority, suddenly you just meet the one who carries miracles, meet the one who has authority, meet the one who carries peace, and then you literally you like lock eyes with them, and then you literally become it. Hmm. And like, and it's my story. Obviously, it sounds. I'm very. I'm like, I'm so. I love my story. But what's beautiful is this. There's just so many people all over the earth that have the exact same story. A Paul moment, a Saul to Paul moment. Because it's also what's beautiful. It's in Matthew sixteen sixteen. It talks about where uh, Jesus meets Peter, and um, Jesus and Peter are talking, and uh, uh, Jesus says to Peter. Who am I? And Peter says, well, you know, this person says you this, that person says you this, that per-. and like, uh, so in our context, Darren would be like, you know, Richard says you that, and and um, and then Jesus says, no, but, but who do you say? Wow, wow. And then this is the game changer, and then Peter says this, he says, you are the Messiah, the Christ, and uh that in that little like phrase, it unlocks like a thousand things because he's saying, you know, you're the one we've been waiting for. Wow. You're the one the wow. four hundred years of prophecy have been about. Wow. You're the one that's, you know, like 
everything's been hindered. You're the king that's going to come. You're the one that's actually going to redeem. You are, you are literally divinity in flesh. And in that little phrase, and then uh, Jesus says this, he says, uh, um, uh, and now I change your name from Simon to Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. And I believe that the church isn't built, is built on personal encounter and a personal revelation of who the Christ is, of mm. who Jesus is. Mm. And every time someone meets the Christ, or meets Jesus, meets the Messiah, their name gets changed, their identity gets changed, their DNA gets shaped. Wow. And so that's what happened with me. I, I had this moment, the first time I ever go into this, and I have this encounter with Jesus, and my whole identity changed. I, I Literally after that, I probably would preach the same sermons, but then miracles would start happening. Wow. I literally would start to share from the same scriptures and the same truths, but like Mark 16, 20, it says that he confirms his word with signs and wonders. But then signs would start to follow. Like, you know, gold would start to manifest in rooms and people would get healed that were couldn't walk for three weeks. And, and you know, I would love to say, like, there was something great that I did, but I think I met someone great. Wow. And everything just changed. Wow. And, you know, wow. I, I started re- I, I mean, I love all the old revivalists. So I start. I've been looking at all of them and, and, you know, what is their key? What is their key? What is their key? And there's so many of them that that basically say this, like the Catherine Commons, the, um, you just need to meet Jesus. And wow. I think, you know, even in our, like we talk about the mind, right, right. like sometimes what I've observed in charismatic, or I would call myself a mystic in some ways where I'm going after the deeper things of Christ, mm-hmm. making them like made plain. I've I've observed that those people that they try to make things uh, sometimes not all the time sometimes in a pursuit for more they make things complicated. Yeah, totally. But what I'm realizing is that it's really simple. It's actually if you meet Jesus, everything changes. If you know, I, I'm talking lots, but I, but like I just I'm talking about Jesus, so I get really excited. Yeah, it's really really good. It's really good. <laughs> but there, you know, you have the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit in the heavens. In relationship, and then they send the vessel they choose to send is a child because they want to keep it super simple. And they send from relationship, they send him for relationship. And so, and the whole destination is relationship, the medium is relationship, everything's about relationship, literally with Jesus. And I don't know, mate, the more I dive into like, how do we see the deeper things of God? How we see the more I realize, if you have, if you are a high learned, like highly educated, if you not like the more I'm realizing, actually the key is really simple. It's if can you meet, have you met Jesus? Yeah, you, you know what's cool too is is that sometimes I think it's easy when people say like, hey, I had an encounter with Jesus or I had this this mystical encounter, and oftentimes you'll have people like, yeah, well, that's a certain kind of person that has those kinds of yeah. things. And so like so sometimes there can be like a judgment that's put on those kinds of people. Like, yeah, I'm sure they did see Jesus, you yeah. know, like, you know, um, and oftentimes there's like a, a, a critical kind of judgment put on people that, you know, and sometimes by more of the left brain kind of mindset, yeah. if there's such a thing anymore, I don't, all, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but here you are, you got college degrees, you got your master, you're, you're a brilliant guy. Um, so you're, 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 
you're you're what I'm saying is that you're not the kind of person that's going to fake something. Yeah. You're somebody that 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 that's intelligent. You're responsible. Um, and, and yet you had a very real encounter with God that radically transformed everything changed on, on a fun. And I think yeah. that that's really, I think that that's really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you what happened after that in the, like, but as you were saying that you have these you thinkers that kind of will maybe disregard that that could happen to them. See, in the natural world, keys open doors, but in the realm of the spirit, belief systems will open new spaces to walk into. Oh, interesting, yeah. And so, if you believe that that will never happen to you, you literally have, uh, you have revoked your key in the spirit to access those places of inheritance for you. Wow. Um, And I, I believe that God is no respecter of persons, and the same thing that He did with the chosen people he will do with every person. That comes from Acts ten forty four, where Peter has this encounter with a pork blanket and prawn cocktail come down, and the Lord says, "Go and eat." And then he goes off to the Gentiles. He goes to the Gentiles. And he goes to the Gentiles. And Acts ten forty four, he says, "God's no respecter of persons." Same thing he did with the Jews. Yeah, he's going to do with you. And then as he speaks, they all get touched. Yeah, and filled and. And I'm a firm believer that I, which I asked the same question. You know, is it is it uh, is this life reserved for the Bobby Connors and for right, the right. for the this, or actually is is it available for all? And I'm a firm believer in the simple gospel that all that call in the name of Jesus will be saved, like everyone that calls. And for even I'm saying that I feel the glory, <laughs> but like that you know, so many it's like oh no, that's just that's just to get people out of the grips of hell. And into heaven when they die. But what if salvation was to walk a life that was where you get taken out from the natural world, and now you live in t- you living in the spirit and natural the same? What if salvation was more than when we died? I believe all that call in the name of Jesus are invited into that that walk, and uh, everyone's yeah, everyone amen. can play, as amen. John Wimber would say. Everyone can play. Yeah, I love that. I love it because just it holds us accountable as far as our, our belief systems. Yeah. And did, did it really come from the Bible, or is it coming from a place of like disappointment or not wanting to be disappointed? Totally. You know, it's easier to say, "Hey, yeah. that kind of stuff will happen for Richard," but that's not going to happen for me because yeah. then and we don't have to worry about being disappointed. But even what you're sharing just builds incredible faith, and it just holds us accountable as far as like, "Yeah, why not me?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. All right. So hey. So, so let me tell you yeah. quickly. So then, oh, what happened there? <laughs> I get encountered. I'm doing my master's degree. And then I'm I'm really stuck. Sixteen people started, two people finished the master's degree. I'm like, oh, this is so hard. And uh, and so then I remember falling asleep the one night, and I go into one of these same visions. And during one of these visions, uh, I remember uh, God hands me a scroll, and I open up the scroll, and there's a telecommunication algorithm on it, AODV, and I wake up, going like, whoa. Like, what was that? And God says, no, that was a telecommunication algorithm, ODV. I want you to research it out. So I go research it out. It turns out to be ad hoc on-demand distance vectors, which is the shortest path telecommunication algorithm. Um, it becomes the cornerstone of my dissertation, my master's. Uh, there's so much favor on it that I end up getting published in in Europe, in China, in North Africa, in America, and in, in military conventions in South Africa. I end up going around traveling and sharing uh, the tech that's, 
like got downloaded in many ways in that encounter that I had and and so what you saying these Dan hold on <laughs> <laughs> pause you know because uh, I've heard this story before so like so I can just let you just go like, uh, yeah now we're on the fast track but for people that have never heard this story before basically what you just said is that you had like this vision or trance or something and God gave you a scroll that you ate and when you ate it you you had this this crazy piece of technology basically supernatural supernaturally downloaded into you which you wrote your master thesis on and then that that revelation was able to serve different governments and different military and that's kind of what you just said isn't it yeah except in this encounter i didn't eat the scroll you didn't eat it yeah but you, often, you saw it you I saw it, I and, saw it, it, it and it clicked then, and made sense and you're yeah. like yeah okay I, I get it yeah yeah yeah, see, so I didn't, you know, because that's such, it's such an amazing, it's such, I just love that story. And I just wanted to make sure that we just took a second to kind of highlight and honor that because that's that's just amazing. Yeah, All right, blows, go on. All right, un- unpause, unpause. Yeah, blows me away that, you know, every now and again I'm like, oh, wow. And yeah, there was like, because I was a young man, um, I was intelligent, but I should have never been in the rooms of favor that I I wow. got into, but wow. I believe that, like a Daniel eleven thirty two, it says those who know their God will do great things. <laughs> Come on, and that word "know" is like it's an experiential know. And so I had one of those like no moments with God uh, that produced great exploits, which is another comment. Like you, a lot of people are desiring spiritual experiences, but what I I really want people I want people to experience God so radically because I know what will happen next. You know, with me, it, it produced a, a body of work in wow. tech. Wow. Um, but, you know, it's emotional health. It's it's spiritual health. It's, yeah, that's good. You know, that's it's good. a relationship. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, so I get very excited when I see something, someone radically encountering God. There was kind of like this, this gap in understanding and the Lord came and kind of filled that gap so that humanity could be served through through you and there's so many areas where there's these major gaps in understanding where people are are striving in order to solve these major problems right within the culture yeah and so i think that your story that's what that does is that that invites people into this place of partnering with the lord to step in to get those those blueprints to get those that 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 just one thought that that's like just one little thought of the lord so I, i think that's i think that's amazing you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a supplement. It's like this beautiful divine. Here we go. You know. So I'll uh, let me try and get to where, where I, <laughs> how we landed here. Um, after that, I, I, I went into the commercial space. I worked as a support developer, junior developer, senior developer, and a product owner in the engineering space. Um, and I remember we met a prophet uh, by the name of Julian, Julian Adams, amazing guy. And I remember he came into Durban, South Africa. Me and my wife were in this little room, probably about twice the size of this room. And uh, we sat there and he, he called us out. And he said, uh, uh, this couple over there, um, I see the word relocation over your head. Wow. And I see God taking you to a new city and a new country. And it's going to be a pl- time of um, equipping, refreshing, and launching there. And the Lord's going to wow. add to you. Wow. And so get ready, get ready, get ready. So five years ago, God told me in a dream, and He said uh, He showed me in a dream 
Uh, my wife's studying theology. Myself working as an engineer. Us living in a different city and living with, in an apartment with a lady by the name of Pat. And uh, so five years later, we have this prophetic word. And I'm like, like I'm like, babe, we've got to move. This is it. This is it's all in light. Like it's. So we dreamt. What well, was the wildest thing to dream? And we thought, what if we came here to Redding, California? And I put my wife through the School of Supernatural Ministry. There's such a call of God in her life. She's got a Catherine Coleman thing on her life. I'm like, I'll lay everything down to see that happen. This is like, this is what it's supposed to be. And so we looked into it. And for me to get a green card, it looked like it was going to take a year and a half. And I was like, oh, but for it to happen, it needed to happen in three months. Wow. So we got a green card in three months. Uh, Libby got into this the ministry school here. That's crazy. I walked into my um, manager's office, handed my resignation in, and he said, "What are you doing? Like, if someone's stolen you?" And I was like, "No, uh, I just really want to see my wife arise and shine, and I want to invest into her. Wow. And wow. I really feel a call of God in her life." And so he offered me contract work right then, uh, and my salary increased, and uh, we flew over here. Um, six years ago, a couple of weeks back, uh, yeah, six years ago, and we, uh, uh, I worked as an engineer, my wife went to the ministry school, and we lived in an apartment with a lady by the name of Pat. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's incredible. That's so amazing. So this is uh, this me being in this city, which I love this city and what God's doing in this city. This isn't just by decision or coincidence. This feels like a call of God that we're supposed to be in this city, and I love this city. Wow. That's so incredible. That, that That's amazing. And like, okay, so um, so you have this incredible gift to be able to understand technology, not only to understand it, but perhaps even a love for technology and how it serves humanity. And not only that, but this incredible uh, 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 place where, where you're at with the Lord and your relationship with the Lord, where where you're partnering with the Lord in, in, in these incredible kind of technological breakthroughs and such. And um, now... How much of a role did you have in the launch of the of the School of Technology here here at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry? Um, so I, I wasn't part of the the okay. initial idea. Uh, so there's a beautiful thing that we're doing. If you haven't heard it, I'll tell you a little bit about yeah, it. But we we've launched the first faith based coding camp in the world where we marry uh, high skills. So we're training people how to code. And then we're training them how to carry culture because we started interviewing the Googles and the Facebooks and the, and we started to realize that uh, even more than skill, they're actually looking for a culture. Really? Um, I was sitting with one of the head recruiters at Google and, and he was talking about like that Googliness that they try hire. And he started to describe the... What do they call it? Googliness. Googly, that's a real thing. Yeah. Googliness. Well, they're trying to find people's Googliness to see if they're going to be a good fit. Yeah. yeah really? Okay. They, they, there's a type of person that works there. Okay. All right. Um, and they started to describe like kind of the, the, the culture that they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And as they started to describe it, I was like... <laughs> wow, that that sounds like kingdom culture. Really? Like yeah. so someone that's able to look at a problem and believe that the impossible is possible. Wow. wow. You know, someone wow. who's able to uh, um, like work with a team and pull the best out of a team. Someone that's able to uh, not be intimidated by um, 
uh, the different people, like intelligent people in the room, but bring their full self. Wow. And wow. as he started to like describe that there's someone that's looking to advance the way we live, not just do a job. And some like as they started to describe the certain types of culture, I started to think like, well, that's how the king thinks, you know, that's kingdom culture. And so, so thus was the that's conversations also that were that birthed uh, Bethel Tech. So Chris Vatterton, a man by the name of Michael Clifford, and then um, Ryan Collins, the CEO, amazing leader, phenomenal leader. Um, so they've birthed this incredible. Um, and so then, uh, then they approached me. They hadn't had a pastor yet. And so my background is, you know, seven plus or eight years of in the tech industry working, you know, collaboration with Google and YouTube and Broadcom who work alongside Apple and doing like international stuff and then local stuff in the military. Like, so that's my background. And then when I did that school of ministry and then I ended up after I did two years of school of ministry, they invited me to pastor at Bethel. So I uh, laid down my corporate world and I pastored for three years in the Bethel environment, and it's the best, loved it, best thing I've ever, revival, loved it, every day, <laughs> literally on the floor, like, I love my life, and so I've got this history of reformation, and this history of revival, and the school appears, and it, like, not to sound weird, but don't you ever feel like you are in the, it's like, the story was written for you, Wow. like, like you know, like, I think God's a bit wow, like that, that's interesting. you know, God's yeah. like, God is creating the story, and somehow you've been written into it. Wow. And, and you, you arrive in your city or your situation or your family, you're like, it feels like I'm supposed to be here. feels like my past, my present, all aligned for this moment. And it felt like that moment for me. It was like, we're starting a tech school out of a revival, like one of the most, I think, one of the most influential revival cultures. And we are la launching a tech school. <laughs> To engage the tech mountain, the things that I just laid down. Because I remember I was with you, uh, and Patricia King called you out and gave you a radical word, and she called me out and she gave me a, a word about being um, a, a rocket into the tech world and wow. launching. And I remember wow. sitting next to you in the wow. front row, and I remember thinking like, "But God, I've just laid down my corporate tech space wow. to go into the to the revival space." And uh, so that word, actually, while I was with you sitting next to you, that that's really like that's been a real like a decision maker for me, like launching into this. Yeah. And so this kind of feels like it doesn't for me coming and being part of it. It doesn't feel like I'm being part of a job. It feels like the organization is like me. <laughs> that's incredible. It's the, yeah, that's it's incredible. It's this tech, like the influence of the tech space. And it's this revival culture colliding, and it feels like myself in a program. And the dream behind it is um, it's a nine-month course where students come and they learn how to code uh, C-sharp, uh, JavaScript. Uh, we've got a data science program. We just launched a UI UX program, which marries design uh, elements and the coding front-end mm. elements where if you've got a design-like kind of brain, yeah. where you can actually see the way things are supposed to lay out uh, what is it? What is the user interface supposed to look like? Which I'm very excited about. Yeah, that. that's interesting. And yeah. so you've 
you've got this course where people come in and for nine months they learn how to code but we don't just give them skill we then we take them through exactly what we've in the bethel culture that bsm type culture where we, where we teach them revival culture and i get to sit with them and i get to pastor them um, i'm the pastor over the spiritual side and I get to walk them through what does it look like to carry the culture of a king in the workplace. And so I believe that if you can transform a person, like it says in 1 John, it says, if the soul prospers, all things start to prosper. And if I can start to see someone's internal world start to transform, prosper, and like change, they walk into a boardroom, everything changes. They get a problem that's seemingly impossible. It's like you get hope filling the room and everything starts to change. And then after these guys are finished, what's quite crazy is such a demand at the moment for tech talent. Like literally we're seeing guys walk into $60,000 jobs. That's what I was going to ask you as my next question is kind of where, where are they directed once they're done with the tech school? So they're actually able to go from the school of technology right yeah. into an actual career. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, so there's such a demand in the market. Um, and we're not entering a we're not entering a saturated market. There's such and they get some sort of certificate, like certificate yeah. of. So it's know. a boot camp where okay. where the, it's a coding boot camp, accelerated learning. Okay. Um, we call it like an education disruptor, where uh, awesome. people are coming in and they literally we are training them. Uh, and we're training them in specific, uh, like what the market wants right now, what the job market wants mm-hmm. exactly right now. And then we're putting high culture in. There's a, a student of ours named Andrew. He came in, he had never coded in his life before. Mm-hmm. He actually did three years of school of ministry, never coded in his life before, a revivalist. And he comes in and he starts um, this course. He said it. I think it's a bold statement, but he said it transformed him more than the school of ministry. And this is why, though. I think it's a very bold statement. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I'm I, loving my school yeah, of ministry. Let's not go. Chill, chill, chill. <laughs> well, <buddy. laughs> and he said that. What did he say? He said um, uh, it because it pressed on that self-worth thing because he's getting oh, tested the whole time. Yeah. Like, you've got to produce work. You've yeah. got to actually code. We're not just – you're not just sitting in lectures – um, you, you've got to produce work. So it pushed that self-worth and it puts that fear of failure button on him where he couldn't escape that. He had to deal with that. And that's where the transformation came from in that culture piece and with the, with the, the mentors. Anyway, he finishes with us. He ends up going and he applies for, I think he must have applied for 50 plus um, different positions. And then he landed one of the most prized, desired internships um, in the tech space, which is an internship with uh, IBM. That's incredible. And, That's uh, incredible. He gets, yeah, uh, God. <laughs> I know. I think he landed, I think just to get trained yeah. by IBM, I think he got paid about $60,000. And then once he's finished his training, which is about a year, then his salary jumps to in the 90s. That's incredible. So just, isn't that, like, isn't that amazing? So what I'm loving is, imagine this. So the, I can't say who, but we've been meeting with uh, a certain mayor and what they're trying to do is they're trying to look at um, uh, like the the inner city like inner city youth that aren't doing well and what if we could take two put them through our program we could see their emotional state be transformed through the lord we could see their economic situation change and that could see a family change. And if we could do it with two, we could do it with 200. And we could change a whole community. That's incredible. And so I we're dreaming. It. I love you it. Know? Yeah, we're I love dreaming. it. That's amazing. 
And what we'll do is we'll make sure that we put, of course, the the link to the uh, awesome. to, to the to the tech school in you know in the show notes because I would imagine even if there's just one person yeah. that listens to this or watches this and it like and Lord speaks to them, you know, I, I I just think this is such a cool, such an interesting concept. This integration of like the supernatural, Bethel culture, and then technology, oh. and and to be mentored by by you. I mean, just to be in the room with. I mean, I I <laughs> get, get get hands laid on you and come. On. Um, hey, so let I love to actually. I, I just have some some tech questions for yeah. you because um, there's so much happening right now within the within the tech space. But there's so much happening within this conversation of like um, uh, technology in our biology and this question of it can the two be interlinked and and so what do you think what 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 do you think about this whole idea of like enhancing human performance wow uh by some sort of integration of of technology and i uh, and i don't know if 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 it's actually happening or if, if the, but there's like the movie upgrade you know and like like yeah. you know the, the, the different i don't it, know the movie upgrade okay but. yeah it's a cool movie there's like uh i think i think i can recommend it. Um, <laughs> it it's, it's definitely an interesting kind of premise but like uh uh yeah, it'd be cool i mean there, there's a name for this a, like give me an extra arm yeah. give me a, an extra leg <laughs> this guy ends up kind of getting possessed wow. by a computer well wow. you know like it takes control of his body at first it's really cool and then it actually full-on takes control of him. wow <laughs> you know but I, there's a name for this kind of thing, like uh, this enhanced human kind of idea. Do you think it's just science fiction, or do you, do you think that there's actually the ability for our biology to be able to integrate with technology? I believe that. I believe that the world's getting better, and I believe it would be foolish to think that technology was a stopper for that, and not a benefit for that, and so. I believe that uh, people are going to start living longer, uh, that Amen. people are going <laughs> to be healthier, that people are going to be happier, that um, uh, tasks that would take X amount of time are going to be taking shorter amounts of time. And so, um, and I believe that even when the past, you know, like uh, you couldn't travel between, uh, you know, point A to B. Um, you couldn't travel with without like you know without four or five days mm -hmm. and now you can do it in a moment and we have come to accustom to call that oh that's just how we travel but if you had to explain uh, that to someone in you know 200 years ago they would be like that is science fiction we you are literally like talking time travel talk to me um so i'm a full advocate for I think that technology would benefit, but now, who is making the decisions on what type of benefit and what additions are being made? And so that's where I think I get excited about what we're doing at Bethel Tech is that, yes, I want to see someone's family economic situation turn around, but maybe I'm dreaming too big. But I want to see the world changed. I want to see, <laughs> I want to see the mountain and uh, key thinkers start to change the way they think artificial intelligence i think is going to be um is one of the most significant things of our coming age uh, where decisions are going to be made by computers um, to enrich somebody's life but now who codes that logic mm -hmm. 
who 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 writes the logic who writes the culture into the automated systems that are making decisions for us wow who are the mind thinkers yeah, good question. who are the people that are making those decisions of what the logic is that's that um automated cars make a decision in an accident moment wow like, who are the who are the thinkers and what if they were kingdom thinkers wow what if we started to put people in places of influence that that weren't there now don't hear me they weren't there to host the charismatic meeting mm-hmm. but they were there to think like a king wow they That's were incredible. there to think interesting like it's interesting the, yeah and so i i believe that if you touch the information gate you touch all the gates so these things are going to happen the question is is are we going to be are are we going to get to partner with the authorship of of this revolution or will we allow this revolution to pass us by and allow uh, a a contrasting set of authors to be to narrate the conversation and i i don't think it's crazy enough to think that we can that we, we can be part of that story and part of creating that new world yeah I love it, man. That, that's such a cool way to, to approach conversation. Mm. Now, let me ask you this. Um, Elon Musk, he, I, I, don't, I don't know a lot about this, but he he's has... He's South African. Yeah, yeah come on. Br- brilliant guy, right? Like, uh, and he's got a company where, where he's doing some sort of uh, exp- experimenting with like like consciousness and being able to, like the, the integration of like computers with, with the mind and, and, and the brain. Do you know anything about that? Like, wh- I don't, but I love Elon Musk. I, I was... There was a business deal that I was part of. I was supposed to meet up with him. It was last year and it never worked out. But, man, I would love to meet him. I think he is, he's, he's like a prophet of our age wow. in the tech space. Wow. You know, the way that he thinks, like, I mean, he, he he's like, no, we, I want to live on Mars. I'm like, what? <laughs> he just breaks. <laughs> he literally just breaks the ideas and the thoughts, like, of what is normal. And he starts dreaming for it. And... He he he's one of those people that you know um, that wants to change the world. He's yeah. not there to do a job. Yeah. He's not there to. He literally wants to change the world. A true he's, engineer, like like like. Yeah. I imagine like like seeing the world through his through his eyes. Every everything would just be an opportunity, you know. Like I have incredible yeah. respect for like that man. I think. So I think what he's doing is the idea that like in the future that that you would be able to think it's too dark in here, so you could turn the lights on with your mind. You know yeah. um, that you'd actually be able to integrate with computers just just through thought, and so I think that, that that's a lot of the stuff that he's doing is with thought experiments and being able to. Um, so, do you know anything about that about that space? I mean, because because that's where I'm always kind of wondering, like, at what you know, at what point is this just spirit? You know, spiritual like, like as far as our consciousness. I mean, in, within the scientific community, are they starting to actually understand? See, for what me, that, do- that doesn't really and, that doesn't scare me. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not like, scared. Because that, that, <laughs> I break that Who's down. I'm just, like, oh, the way. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what they're doing as a company, but the way that we do, you track neurological pathways. But in theory, that should be that, that that should be totally doable. As oh far yeah. As using I, in some ways, they've already achieved things like that, where you can track neurological pathways, create patterns, and then those patterns would become triggers that a person would be able to uh, uh, repeat. And then if that trigger could be repeated through like a learning, like uh, a neurological pathways and then tracking that. And okay, when they think on that, then a pattern we created. Okay, then we, we map that pattern, we've got a trigger and then that trigger could be 
link to the turning on of a light. That's incredible. We can do that now. We can like, do that kind of stuff now. Yeah, there's there's uh, yeah there's, there's different pilot projects and things um, that uh, that have a like facilit. I don't know exactly that use sure, case, but sure. to me that just that's for me just hey we we are, technology is allowing us to just advance and I'm cool I'm great with that. What are you like the most excited about when it comes Jesus. to Jesus? Yeah, I mean <laughs> I know I know, but when it comes to like technology and this and like the potential, like what like what like what what kind of like what if you could be kind of involved in any sort of like project you know like what 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 turns you on as far as jesus and if you yeah. could bring jesus into i mean i know you love i know you're living yeah. the dream and you're right but like when you look at the landscape and what and and some of the ripples and some of the things that are taking place that have never taken place within within human history and like just some of the stuff that's opening up yeah well, what do you think is like one of the coolest parts of, of technology right now well, I believe we're living in probably the most exciting time of all of history. Um, the acceleration of like uh, innovation and things that are being developed now, it's what dreams are made of and um, how quickly things are happening. And, and I believe that there's going to, God told me it was about three years ago, that there was going to be a, a release of a greater level of glory than the earth has ever seen. And uh, it was going to be coupled with technology miracles. Awesome. They're going to be happening. And I felt like God said there was going to be a gate that opened up about, uh, it's almost two years ago now. And that so we go into a space where there'd be a release of the greatest levels of glory that we've seen. And it would be coupled with significant te technological advancements. Hmm that'll be happening you know what I'm excited for I don't know I, I do love the idea of um, you seeing technology actually see people get well uh, I, I love the idea of uh, I love automation I love seeing uh, tasks that took, should should have taken years or tasks that should have taken months or tasks that should have taken days um, through the implement, like implementation of like amazing automated technology to see those tasks become rapid, which frees up time, energy, space. I love that idea. I think there's going to be a whole new change in the way that we travel. And I think that uh, in the years to come, in a short period of time, we're going to see uh, time, like the time taken to mm -hmm. travel is going to be reduced significantly. Amen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do it, Lord. <laughs> um, and then there's going to be, I'm very ex probably ex most excited about the health. Like, awesome. Uh, the yeah. health breakthroughs health and stuff breakthroughs. that's, that's happening. What awesome. really gets me excited, though, is, is, the in is integration of culture and the okay. way people think. And if, like when we have people that think like a king in wow. those environments and then like AI and how that's the decision making mm -hmm. is going to be made through uh, key people that think like a king that that excites me you know um, the product excites me but I, I love the thinkers behind it yeah yeah that's awesome yeah hey let's let's end with this um, I know that one of the things that lights you up more than technology is uh, you know, uh, is is the glory of the Lord? And I, I, know, I know that's one of your one of your favorite conversations, and and so um, uh, uh, 
when it comes to the glory of the Lord, I think oftentimes people don't really know what the glory of the Lord is. Is yeah. it, you know, is it, is it gold dust? Is it the, is it the, is it the goodness of God? And yeah. is it, there, there's a lot of definitions that were, that, that were given. Um, one of the things like for me, uh, when it comes to the glory of the Lord is it's, it's like, it's, it's so intimate and it's so, so personal. It's like whenever I experience the glory of the Lord, it's almost like, it's almost like, it's almost like if I was to, was to put my, my hand on your arm, that that would be like the glory of Darren. Wow. You're having an encounter yeah. with with the glory of of, da- oh, man. of Darren. Come on, you Darren. Know <laughs> 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 now you touch me. No, uh, <laughs> just got weird. But um, it's so intimate, so personal. So, but I think that like uh, there's t- like textbook definitions of the, of the glory of the Lord. But then I think when people are like kind of living in the glory, there's there's always yeah. a, a more personal kind of understanding so for you richard where you where you love and you live in this place so you know and you love you're generous spot, yeah, you're generous with spot, you're yeah. generous with, with with it as well you know yeah. I, i've i've let you and playful and so how do you kind of how would you define your understanding of i uh, love uh, you uh, there uh, you're <laughs> the best the way you describe things the way you talk like you make, how would you me, you make me feel it? like a genius <laughs> um i think when the glory of God loses a face, I think that becomes a problem. And the glory of God has a face, and it's the face of Christ. Wow. Uh, the glory is not a puff of smoke or a feeling or a, um, a, you know, the gold that will fill the room or the oil that will pour out the hands. Or the the miracles that will start to happen without the la- ha- la- hands laid on, but um, the glory of God is it's it's Jesus. He's he's there, you know, and all that stuff. That's all, but that's all just the fruit. That's all just the fruit of you know. Christ isn't the last name of Jesus. Amen. You know, good. Christ is the anointing. That's it's good. the anointed one. It's the smeared one. Um, and so people are like, oh, what is the glory like? What is the anointing like? I'm like, well, you actually know the anointing and the glory really well because you know who Jesus is. And if you don't, That's really let, me, good. let me meet let, let me yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But like, if you know Jesus, you actually know. you Because so many people, like we, I'm running this service at Bethel, the Twinview um 6 p.m. service. It's mm, yeah, had a great yeah, test to me. Yeah. One of the front desk people at uh, Bethel said to me, or I heard the story, they said um, the, one of the most asked questions at the front desk is, where is this Twin View 6 p.m.? So it's this glory service that we have. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, every time the glory like comes, like that, that, like, that, oh, that beautiful presence of Christ comes, Every time I leave going, that was the best service I've ever been in wow. my life. Wow. Because every time we're with Jesus, he's this he's infinite. He's like God is just this infinite being. So being with him is never it's never just familiar. Because he is like he's so deep and so rich and so wide. And every time you're with him, it's fresh, it's new, it's different, and it's the best. <laughs> and so like people like week after week will say that was the best service I've ever been in my life and it's not because the preaching the the worship the, yeah. it's because the glory Jesus was there and wow. every time he's there it's the absolute best there's wow. nothing like it you can't describe it that's wow. why people always say 
it was the best service I've or the best I've ever been in. It's because they just can't describe you, you like it's just yeah. I love the glory of God. So for me, it's 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 when Jesus is in the room. So see in the anointing, um, and I'll talk in some and they'll mm-hmm. they're. In the anointing, like in Isaiah 61, it says that the anointing of God is upon you to see, and there's these assignments. So when the anointing comes upon you, it's an assignment so that you can break, like you can mm-hmm. black. But like, um, see the sick healed. So anointing comes upon you, see something happen. But in the glory, <laughs> like sickness doesn't exist. Wow. So people don't wow. even have to lay hands because yeah. Jesus yeah. is there. And then you just like... In these services, people are just... I remember there was this lady, no hands laid on, 20 years scoliosis healed. Just like a couple of weeks ago, this guy in the service, um, I asked for five years or longer, and he came... Five years or longer, ringing in the ear, just gone. No ha- no hands laid on. A lady with um, an issue in the neck where from an accident, couldn't move her neck properly. I've seen five years or longer, no hands laid on, just in the glory. That's awesome. I just, love those. I oh. love that. My favorite. Yeah, I love that. Just those atmospheric miracles. That's, yeah, exactly. That, that's amazing. Exactly. This is my favorite. Yeah. Richard, if you if you would, man, like because I would imagine there's there's probably loads of people that are listening or watching and um and and there you know, we're we're saved by grace through faith, but it feels like it's been mostly a faith walk and not a lot of an encounter. In fact, maybe yeah. when, when you've been talking and maybe it might even frustrate some people because they hear you talking about this very intimate relationship that's full of encounters and maybe there's people listening that have never actually had an encounter with Jesus they've accepted him by 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 faith yeah but they've never actually had an encounter would you be willing just to pray for people that are like listening or watching where like maybe they've never had an encounter or maybe it's been just such a long time but it's like they're so thirsty and they're just so ready Mm. Oh, I'd love to. Awesome. And Darren, what a privilege being with you. You're a king. You're a brother to me. And uh, I know you just had a baby at the same time as I had a baby. So you never know. Maybe they'll get married. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> well, let's arrange it. You know, like, it doesn't have to be just an Indian thing. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about that after we go off there the air. Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so if that's you and you're listening right now, uh, I'm going to lead you in something. And if you just want to come in on the mic. Okay, great. There. So if that's you and you're listening now, uh, I'm going to pray. But don't don't believe this is just another prayer. Um, I, I believe that uh, every single person is, uh, there's an invitation to intimate, radical love relationship with Jesus. And I've, there's a story, there's a lady, she came into a, a, a um a meeting that I was running. She'd been a Christian for 60 years and never encountered the power of God. She'd been in charismatic settings. She's been in a conservative settings, but she never encountered the power of God. And as she sat there and, and the glory of God started to fill the room, uh, she didn't hear everything we were saying. And then afterwards, she started to lay hands on people. And this lady, Christian, 60 years, as we laid hands, she encountered the power of God for the first time. I believe if... You've been a Christian for 60 years, or you've been a Christian for one minute, or you're still even trusting the Lord. I believe the Lord wants to encounter you more 
then you want to be encountered. So Jesus, I ask right now, in the power and authority of Christ, that the, even as they're listening right now, that the glory of God would come upon them, would encircle them. And God, I ask that you'd open up an encounter, uh, a season of seven days of encounter for them. And I pray, Lord God, that the next seven days will be seven days of incredible encounters in the night, Lord, where they would be arrested, their hearts would burn for you, Jesus, and that their eyes would be open to you, Lord God. God, I even pray, Lord God, that there'd be Saul to Paul moments where, almost like blinded moments, where identities would be changed in a moment. And I bless you from our house of revival to your house of revival. Jesus name amen 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 love you love, love you. Libby love baby Moses uh, grace and peace and rest and a good night's sleep unto you and your family <laughs> and we'll, let's do this again thank you my friend right. thank you my brother awesome. I love you Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market. And I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible and you're so supportive and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take Take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks, guys.